some psycho fan pissed off they killed Randy and Stab too. Well, Tyson, that'd make you next, wouldn't it? I am not a Randy substitute. I'm my own character. Named Ricky, who works at the video store. It's an homage. Hey, what if the killer's Sydney Prescott? I mean, what the hell ever happened to her? She's probably off in the woods living like the fucking Unabomber, man. I'm starting to see why Tori Spelling and David Schwimmer didn't want to come back. Guys, this was about cotton. We are not in any danger. We are not in any danger, says Candy, page 15. I don't see you leaving. Huh. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I don't know. I thought I'd try something new. No? Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> that really oh. caught me off guard. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for that. How's it going? Um, I'm doing okay. Yeah. How right. are you? Better. Yeah, I'm all right. That's good. Okay. Had some time to breathe. I had some food. I'm okay. That's, that helps. It really does, man. If If you're listening to this and you're having a bad day... Just eat something, even if it's something small. It'll probably make you feel just a little better. Also, drink some water. Yes, I was like, water's important, too. Water's important. Do something kind for yourself. I'm Brittany. <laughs> I'm Raina. This is Cheese Muscles and Chainsaws. Um, today we're talking about Scream 3. Scream 3. So this was in 2000. Even though the version that I watched was from 2004. Yeah, that's really weird. It Isn't must have just been remastered. I think so, too. But, like, super weird. Um, so this takes place three years after Scream 2. Three years after Scream 2. Okay. Yes. So Scream 2 takes place... I'm just trying to get my timelines correct here. So Scream happens, and then the next year, Scream 2... And then three years after that, Scream 3. I think. There might be more time between. One and two? One and two, but like they came out within a year of each other. Okay. Did this movie, did Scream 3 come out three years after Scream 2 did? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, Yeah, because one was... 96, 2 is 97, and then this is 2000. 2000. Simpler times, truly. <laughs> yeah, for you and me, definitely. As someone who was turning five years old in the year 2000, <laughs> yes. Just a little this, bit easier. This was a much simpler time. Now that I'm 25, yes, things <laughs> were much simpler. Uh, do you want to guess the budget? I don't even know where to begin to guess the budget on this one, to be honest with you. Can I have, like... Uh, no, don't give me a hint, because that's going to defeat the whole purpose. Um, um, let me go I'm back gonna... to screen two, if I can remember where it was. I don't even have that notebook anymore, to be honest with you. Let's put away. I'm my my guess for this budget this is going to be $25 million. Um... No, you're a little bit lower. Uh, the budget for this one was forty million. Okay, my next guess was going to be thirty-two million. So, <laughs> did this um, movie make its money back? Yeah, and then some for sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess that this movie made hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, you're pretty close. Really? Yeah, this movie made one hundred and sixty-one point eight. 
Ooh. Um, Man, so. How do you, okay, this is a stupid question, but I'm just going to ask it. I'll embarrass myself in front of people. It's not going to be the first time or the last time. They can't see Um, no, but they'll hear me, and that's the that's the, the problem here. How do you pronounce? Oh, that was super weird. weird thing. Did you even hear that? I sure did. Oh my god, I hated that. Same. How do you pronounce the name of the actress who plays Sydney? Nev Campbell. Nev. Okay. How would you pronounce it? Nave. Interesting. Or like, or like Neve, maybe, because it's spelled like N E V E. Correct. Yeah, I've always heard yeah. it Nev Campbell. Okay. It's definitely not Nave. It might be Neve. But I've always heard it as Nev Campbell. Neve. If it's Neve, that would make sense why my brain thought it was Nave. Because <laughs> it sounds like a Midwestern way to try to say Nave. <laughs> Neve Campbell. I hate that stuff. Do you hear it though? I hear you saying it. Neve Campbell. <laughs> I hate Midwesterns. I, I love I love Midwestern accents. I love everything about being Midwestern. No, it should it should as hell. I don't want to be American at all. <laughs> Everywhere sucks. I oh yeah, I think that it sucks here for sure. But of all the places to be, I'm glad it's the Midwest. Eh. <laughs> there's lots of farms. There's lots of nature. People are usually pretty nice, and I like that we say ope. I, hate I think that that's fun. so much. Bro, I love Ope. I think Ope is so fun. I hate it so much. Ope? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate Ope. I hate farms. I'm not a big fan of nature. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. And Those I think are... people are rude here. I think it's what? nice. Bro, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to politely disagree. Because <laughs> I think... I think the further west you go in the Midwest, I think people are rude. But I think, like, this area, like, Michigan, Indiana, northern Illinois section of the Midwest, I think that we're pretty nice. I think it's all fake. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have a couple of clinicians that are both from New York. We have one that moved here sort of recently and the other one's been here for a while mm-hmm. so she's had some time to um assimilate into midwestern culture <laughs> but it's really funny like the one who moved here sort of recently we had a patient who was also from new york and i came out of the room and i was like man marissa this patient was a real bitch like i don't know what the fuck her problem was but like she was not in a good mood or something the clinician, Marissa, went in with this patient, came back out and was like, oh, no, babe, she's not rude. She's just from New York. <laughs> I, I was think, like, see, this why, is why are like, you like this? This is why <laughs> I'm meant to live, like, in a big city like New York is because this is, it's like, don't talk to me ever. I hate it. <laughs> Listen, if you don't want me to talk to you, don't come into my fucking office. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> If you don't want to talk to me, then maybe don't make an appointment to come and see me. All right. Well, d- yeah, she probably could have been nicer. <laughs> that might have. That might just. That might be a hot take there. But, but I uh, think she's there for a reason. Like she doesn't. Yes, you have something wrong, and I'm trying to help you fix it. And you're being a bitch. <laughs> Let's be get nice back to your on healthcare topic. workers. <laughs> Let's get back on topic. Quick plug: Be nice to your healthcare workers. We're doing our best. Yeah, especially now. 
Um, <sighs> Christ on the cross. I don't even want to get into this. Okay, so my notes are <laughs> crazy. And I have Give a, me all your previewing notes. I have a bunch of screenshots, <laughs> which is partially why I want to get into it. Um, so this one was written by a guy named Aaron Kruger. Um, I didn't know how to pronounce Aaron until just this moment. I had no idea. Um, it's spelled E-H-R-E-N. Aaron. Yeah. Okay. I hate that spelling. That's a stupid way to spell it, but I mean, I guess. But it literally wasn't until two seconds before I said his name that I was like, oh my god, it's Aaron. (laughs) That's how that's pronounced. (laughs) I wrote this guy's name down at least three times. And it's and you were in like, oh, yeah, that guy. so many of my screenshots. And I didn't even think for a second. Aaron! Um, so yeah, this was written by Aaron Kruger, not Kevin Williamson, who wrote 1, 2, and 4. Why did they switch it up for this movie? So, Kevin Williamson had commitments to other projects while they were trying to film this. Or like, during pre-production when they would have been trying to write it. Right. Um, so that led to Kruger writing the script. He did a bad job. Um, so there's a lot <laughs> in this. Um, he discarded a lot of Kevin Williamson's notes. <sighs> but part of that was the studio putting pressure on them because um, the studio was putting pressure on Aaron? On Aaron Kruger to okay. get rid of some of these notes. And they were putting a lot okay. of pressure on like Wes Craven and the way that it was being shot because mm-hmm. um, what was it 97 or 98 was when Columbine happened oh, okay. and so they would have been filming this like right after but this was also and maybe maybe I'm just not understanding something here I think I might be missing some information so Columbine was a school shooting it was a school shooting but in Colorado yes this did not happen in Colorado. No, there was no gun violence here until towards the end when it was like self defense and stuff. These were all stabbings. Yes, but there was a big, um, just a big push on. So one of the big things after Columbine was violence in movies being like Wait. not a reason, but there was so much surrounding and after Screams 1 and 2 being as big as they were and I mm-hmm. think the, I think it was the second one that there were like two murders in like England or something What? and the people blamed it on Scream like they cited Ghostface like the- bro you didn't watch the movie at all if you're blaming Ghostface come on dude um but no so uh- it had to do with violence in media and where is it uh, it's an increased emphasis on comedic elements in this one specifically and violence and horror being reduced in response to increased public scrutiny about violence in media so may may i make a quick interjection yeah so in the first movie we established that like this violence in movies, violence in the media does not create killers. We've already established this, and I'm a little disappointed that they didn't stick to their guns on this. And I recognize that it's a different writer, but also, come on, dude. Like, 
whatever. Additionally, I I think that it's stupid to. <laughs> I think it's dumb to blame a movie for you committing murder. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not. That's... I'm also not oh. necessarily blaming Kruger and or even Williamson for whatever he might have outlined. Right. Um, which I'll talk about later. Um, I think it's and yeah, just because you and I and Kevin Williamson Wes and Wes Craven in the original kind of said, like, obviously it's not violence in media that's doing this. It's people are just bad. Some people are just bad. People like, are just bad. Even now, like, we still debate it. Which I, I that could be a whole dumb, other episode. But oh, like, absolutely. That's still a thing that's still debated is whether or not it causes stuff to happen. Well, that's stupid. And you may quote me on that, madam. <laughs> um, so my notes are all kinds of crazy. Because I would write something down and then further down find something that linked to it. So I have arrows pointing everywhere. So you look like this looks like the picture that of meme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks for coming with me and knowing exactly, exactly what I was what talking, about. talking about. Thank you. Um, at one point, while well, we're still talking about cutting down on violence and horror, mm-hmm. at one point during production, the studio tried to say, tried to tell them that they didn't want any blood or any what? on-screen violence at all. Are you fucking kidding me? At which point, Wes Craven intervened. Good. Basically saying, that's either we're going to make a screen movie or we're going or we're to make not. a different movie and we're going to call it something else. He's like, right. there's a certain, he said there was a certain set of standards that come with a screen movie. I agree. And all things considered, there was not a lot of blood in this movie. No, there's not. There's some, but not at not all like the first two. No, not at all like the first two. Um, God, I have so many fucking notes. <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see. Sorry. No, I'm you're good. Um, Kruger later admitted that his lack of involvement with the development of the principal cast of Scream hampered his ability to portray them true to their previous characterizations. But shouldn't... Okay, and again, I think I might be getting confused here. Does that mean that he didn't, like, chat with the actors to be like, hey, how do you think that your character would act about this? I mean, he probably didn't. That's foolish. (laughs) Um, Early scripts for Scream 3 had Cindy Prescott, a more action-oriented heroine. I thought she was pretty action-oriented in this one. (laughs) Uh, it compared her to, like, Linda Hamilton in Terminator. I've never seen Terminator. Oh, God. <laughs> it's um, just not the kind of movie that I would enjoy. But, like, it's it's a big moment in pop culture. Like, I've seen it I once. Know. I know. Um, but then Wes Craven would intervene whenever he felt like it wasn't, like, it went <sighs> too far. So Wes Craven <laughs> is responsible for the only 
good pieces of this movie is what Uh, i'm hearing you say then kruger went on and admitted that despite not receiving any writing credit that wes craven had a significant hand in developing the script Um, do you think that there's a reason for not giving him writing credit i don't know i wouldn't i would assume not since wes craven i mean has written things yeah I don't know. And he's responsible for the first two. So if anything, I would think that it would behoove you to say, hey, Wes Craven wrote this with me. Like, we both wrote this. It was probably like a contract thing. Foolish. I would have to guess. Um, yeah, so pretty similar with Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Scream 3 had, like, so many script rewrites. Uh, <laughs> Trying to keep the ending off the internet. <laughs> uh, it says multiple scenes were rewritten to include previously absent characters or change elements of the plot when it was decided that they weren't connecting with other scenes. Um, in a 2013 like... interview, Kevin Williamson said that his original script would have seen the killers be a stab fan club of Woodsboro kids. So, like, it would have still ha- it wouldn't have been in Hollywood. His original script took place in Woodsboro. In Woodsboro. Weird. Um, it says, all the members of the club would have been involved in the killings, and the final twist of the movie was when Sydney walked into the house after Ghostface had killed everyone, and they all rose up. None of them were actually dead, and they had planned this whole thing. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like that. Um... I don't like that even a little bit. <laughs> Um, there was also issues with, like, scheduling. So at some point in an interview, Wes Craven said, he was like, it wasn't difficult to convince the central cast to return, but they were getting more famous. And so uh, Nev Campbell was actually only available to film for 20 days. <laughs> so they really had to, like, get her in, get her out. Yeah. So they actually had to reduce, like, cut her scenes, cut some of her stuff, Mm -hmm. which is why, like, you see a lot more of Dewey and Gale interacting and stuff, Mm -hmm. which it didn't even click in my head that, like, you don't see Sydney Prescott, like, all the time. Um, blah, 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 blah. This is really funny. Um. Negative feedback following the death of Randy in Scream 2 had the production consider methods to have had his character survive to appear in Scream 3, including having the character's family hide him away for safety. (laughs) But it was deemed too unbelievable. Yeah. You don't say. (laughs) Right. Um, I did like his little little video. I thought that that was cute. Yeah, I thought it was like, if you're watching this, I'm probably dead. dead. Um, so dramatic. In a 2009 interview, Matthew Lillard, who played mm-hmm. Stu in the original, said that he had been contracted to reprise his role in Scream 3 as the primary antagonist. Having survived <sighs> his apparent death, orchestrating new ghostface attacks from prison on high school students, and ultimately targeting Sydney. Okay, but to what end? <laughs> But following the Columbine High School Massacre, shortly before production began, the script was scrapped and rewritten without his character and the plot to avoid development of a film which associated violence and murder with a high school setting. 
I think that that's fair. I also think that that would have been dumb. Yeah. Like, I mean, one, setting that's aside a the fact idea. that that's just, <laughs> it would have been not okay so close. Like, after Number that, one, but... it's a stupid idea. Number two, it's in poor taste. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also <laughs> this fucking intro with Cotton Weary. There was it's stupid. So, it was really dumb. But there were so much issue. There were so many issues with filming this, um, because they just kept having to go back and like reshoot stuff to fit in with different plot points, and it was really really dumb. Like it doesn't even make sense what I'm reading. Um, the original it originally had him fighting Ghostface, and then it was supposed to be he was going to, like, basically, like, win in a fight against Ghostface and then Mm -hmm. attempting... And then he would have tried to escape via skylight in his apartment. What? And then they said it was unrealistic and they... That it would make Ghostface seem weak. And so they reshot the scene. But then they couldn't go back to the house that they shot it in. So they had to change it again. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's chaos. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So many issues. Yeah. Um, so three months after completing principal photography, the ending was refilmed because it was decided that it was an inadequate conclusion. Originally, the ending consisted of Sydney easily defeating Roman, which led to an early morning scene of police arriving and then into the final scene of Sydney in her home. Um, the production considered that this amounted to essentially three endings, damaging the pacing of the film, and that there was also consideration that being the concluding chapter of a trilogy, the audience needed to believe that Sydney could lose and die, which makes sense. Yeah. It's still crazy to me that, like, that they all lived at the end. Yeah. Um, so to create this ending, they had to go back and film a fight scene between Sydney and Roman. And added in Roman shooting her. This <sighs> is a major addition was the presence of Mark Kincaid, who had previously been completely absent from the finale. <laughs> After the production realized that his character simply disappeared from the plot and his story arc went nowhere. Yeah. He's so, really, I mean, he literally, I'm just gonna say it. There's no reason for him to be in this movie. There's no reason. And even with these changes that they made, there's still no reason for him to be there. There is still no reason for Patrick Dempsey to be in this movie. But it's it's so funny to me that if he wasn't there, like, he really just went nowhere. <laughs> He just didn't... Like, they just forgot about him. Yeah. Like, um, he he would have just been some random nobody cop. You know? Like his partner. Yeah. <laughs> Who has my favorite line in the movie. He's in a movie called Stab. He, he was, was Stab. Stab. <laughs> um, and then there was a lot of conflict over censorship with the MPAA. There were a lot of F-bombs in this. I made a note of that, actually. Which was surprising. Yeah. But apparently, the issues 
made Wes Craven consider leaving the horror genre. Really? Like, that's how bad it was. Like, the issues with the motion picture people? Yeah. MPAA? With censorship, which is Shit. crazy. That he huh. had been around for, like, 20 plus years. And that that's what made him consider. Right. Um, And then we're going to have to put a trigger warning in this. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about Harvey Weinstein. Oh, gross. So okay. a big part. Well, it's not a big part. It could have been a big part um, of Scream 3 is Maureen Prescott's life before Sydney and before. Yeah. Coming back to Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an actress mm-hmm. and the like head of the studio basically said that like she was you have to assaulted. sleep with me yeah um and he goes on like this weird not weird but like goes on this rant about how like she knew what she knew what she was happen. getting herself into there's nothing that happened to her that she didn't invite in some way or another yeah it was gross um but also like this is a like Weinstein Productions so no. are you serious um, I'm pretty sure. No. <laughs> uh-uh. What do you mean, no? There's no way. What do you mean? Oh my god! Why is that shocking to you? I'm just re- Oh. 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 I mean, Yikes. it might not be. I don't know. Now you're making me doubt it. Oh, I, I just think that it's, I mean, at the time, I, I'm sure people knew that Harvey Weinstein was a fucking creep and that this is how he is, was, whatever the fuck. Yeah, because it's also, Miramax. like, But also, like, as, if you're Harvey Weinstein, would you really want to put that in a movie that you're making? I mean, I feel like that would draw too much attention. He's disgusting, and he ought to be ashamed of himself. And I know he's not, but he ought to be. Can I go on? <laughs> Sorry, I. Oh God, that was so. Man, that was shocking. I mean, they made a lot of movies, and it's a Fucking big company, gross. so they buy out a lot of smaller companies. Fucking gross. Um. So, several publications noted the parallels between. Harvey Weinstein's, like, real life and the themes of abuse mm-hmm. featured in the film. Yeah. Um, in 2017, this lady noted specifically the terrible scene with John Milton. Um, and then in 2019... I'm sorry. The... No. Sorry. Go back. Say that again. In 2017, uh-huh. just this journalist yeah. specifically noted the scene. With where John Millen's like explaining what gotcha. might have okay. happened. <laughs> so that to clarify, this journalist is saying that that happened to her. No. Oh God. Okay. She's I'm just sorry. comparing. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, hold on a minute. Hold on. You good? I'm a little amped up about this. <laughs> uh, in 2019, the film's editor. Patrick Luce 
Sayer, I don't know how to pronounce this, um, he discussed the particular themes and Wes Craven's approach to them, um, saying, Wes, I think, was very interested in that character as not necessarily the villain. He certainly is a villain, but as a catalyst for the villain's motivation. He's really the spark for the events, or retconned that he is a spark for the events in the entire series. Um, That's fair, yeah. In 2020, this journalist called, his name's Adam White, wrote that the film was an angry indictment of sexual misconduct in Hollywood, predatory men, and the casting couch. He noted several instances of transactional sex within the film, including the characters of uh, Jennifer and Angelina, both making references to having sex with filmmakers in order to secure roles, mm-hmm. and Carrie Fisher in a cameo role, claiming that the role of Princess Leia was won by the one who slept with George Lucas. Um, he also notes that Rose McGowan, who plays Tatum in the original, mm-hmm. yeah. um, was one of like the big names that accused Harvey Weinstein of raping her. Was she? Oh. Um, and then this lady, Emma Fraser, who writes for some website called Sci-Fi Wire, she also commented and brought up the fact that Maureen Prescott's basically slut-shamed, like, throughout the whole. Yeah. Um, not just this movie, but, like, the whole The whole series. series. Yeah. And victim-blamed. And then she goes on to say that they should have or like could have explored these themes more mm-hmm. and that it could have been a fascinating look at the crimes of this industry and the relationship horror has with sex which I agree I think that would have been super interesting for Absolutely. them to have done something and it's definitely like a lost opportunity yes. especially like it being a Miramax film so well that's the end of that bit um this is a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes I'm surprised it's that high number one is rated at 79% and number two is rated at 82% just for comparisons yeah this movie fucking sucked um (laughs) and then Roger Ebert said the characters are so thin they're transparent but he also loved Nev Campbell in it and lime green jello and they can't even admit it <laughs> he said the camera loves her she could become a really big star and then giggle at clips from this film at her AFI tribute the camera loves her yeah I specifically noted that because I just think that that's a really funny sentence <laughs> that's such a gross like, like that's not the first time that I've heard that phrase but I no, hate that no, I think that's so before. gross it just sounds think, gross. I don't think he meant it in a gross way. No, not at all, but it sounds gross. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the camera loves her. Shut so, the fuck up. Now that we're 30 minutes into this, I'm done with my previewing notes. Outstanding! <laughs> There's, like, so much fucking chaos. This, this whole movie. movie was a shit show, dude. Yeah. This whole fucking movie. And I thought for sure that it was just that, like, Maybe I'm not paying close enough attention, or maybe I missed something. But no, Brittany, no. You saw this movie. You watched it. You paid. You paid attention. It's just that this movie's a fucking shit show. Yeah. 
none of it makes sense none it's of all it over makes the place sense. and it's definitely because like they were just writing stuff like day of yes they were trying it felt like they were trying too hard to make this the final installment in a trilogy like they wanted to tie up all of these like presumed loose ends that none well, of us and- really thought were loose ends they were just like fuck it we gotta do something with these characters so people know how they live <laughs> And, like, I get, like, wanting to tie up loose ends. Like, they definitely thought that this was going to be the last one. Because when Kevin Williamson pitched it before the original, he had this, like, script outline for mm-hmm. a trilogy. Yeah. Not, like, a script outline, but, like, a basic. Yeah. He was like, here's the movies that I want to do. Yes. And here's what I could do. So you're really getting three movies for the price of one. For the price of one. So I understand that. But, like, it's just... God. Like, I'm glad they did the fourth one because I don't need this one. No, this movie fucking sucked. (laughs) Um, I know it was 20 years ago. But also... (laughs) Fuck these bangs on Courtney Cox. I'm just gonna say it. Her stupid little turf bangs. They look ridiculous. There's no way. There's no. There's no way that she was like, you know what? Yeah, this is going to look good. Well, and what's crazy is like, she never has those bangs on friends. No, she sure doesn't. Do you think this was a wig? I think it was a wig. Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) But still, maybe maybe it's not. Who's to say? As someone that used to love friends, I do not ever recall her having bangs like this. Her stupid turf bangs. Um, and this this fucking voice changer that Ghostface has in this one. Good lord. It's so bad. Like, like that's, that's not, not how any of this works, dude. Like, part of what's he has our good voices. about Scream is that it's supposedly based in reality, right? Like, they follow our rules. They watch the same things we watch. Like, Yes. That's part of it. And to throw in something like this voice changer. Like, that's... Disregards that. Right. Um, I... You and I discussed this pre-recording, but I hate Jenny McCarthy, and I hate that she was in this. Oh my god, she's so annoying. She's irritating and... I think that she's not that cute, in my opinion. Not that that, you know, has any bearing on her talent as an actress. Um, she's not talented. But she's not talented as an actress, so I don't really feel bad about saying that. She's also, not she's, talented as an actress. And she's then, also a fucking anti-vaxxer. Yeah, we don't support that. We don't support that! Vaccinate yourselves yeah. and your children and your animals and everything. Just, just, just fucking get vaccinated, piece of shit. Um, so yeah, when she, she dies pretty early on, which is Thank at least God. good. She's only got like two fucking scenes. Yes. Uh, she's terrible in both of them because she's not a good actress. She's a bad actress. Like at least with Rose McGowan as Tatum, like. She was a good actress. Like, yeah, she was only in a couple scenes, but she was like, she, she was decent. She was good. But also like, even with Tatum kind of being like. The, I don't even know how to categorize her stereotype. Just like the hot girl character, yeah. right? But like, you have those moments where 
you get that her and Sydney are friends. Yes. You understand that they're close. Like, Candy is literally just there to die. Or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't fucking know what her name is. Her characters. The character the character plays is named Candy. I can't remember Jenny McCarthy's name. <laughs> I want to talk with you. I want your opinions on okay. uh, on this. I really I ship Gail and Dewey really hard. I love okay. them together. I think that they are <laughs> so cute. And I just want to know your opinion. I mean, yes. I think that they make sense. I think that I hate Gail the most in this one, though. Yes. She's weird in this one, but also... I. She is weird, but I don't know if it's, like, the writing or what. So they just, I hate her more than anything in this There's movie. There's something weird here. Um, I really like fake Gail Weathers, Jennifer. I think that <laughs> Parker Posey is so funny. Hold on. No, I know that name. I think that what? she plays this role so well. Like, there's one point where she talks about um, or where they just find out, I think, that Jenny McCarthy died and she's like, Gail's really there at Jennifer's house and she's like, well, who dies next? And she goes, you do. And then, like, Gail and Dewey run off screen and they're arguing, but like, as they're walking off screen, she just walks up to Patrick Warburton and, like, jumps in his arms because she's so distraught. <laughs> I thought that that was hysterical. It was so funny. It was perfect. I think the reason... why you know Parker Posey? I know that name because she was in Coneheads. That's really funny. Yeah. She apparently was also in Dazed and Confused, but I've never seen that. Me neither. Um, speaking of Patrick Warburton... Yes. I love him. I'm indifferent about him, but I think he is good in everything that he does. He really is. Like, I'm never disappointed by him, but I'm always just like, oh, yeah, hey, it's that guy. Why are you here? <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, that Tell, being what's said, new? How you been? How you want to die? Uh, that being said, I told you, we talked about this pre-recording. Um, right before he dies, and he thinks he's talking to Dewey on the phone, and he's like in Dewey's trailer and he's like why are you there he's like oh I'm just making sure there's no killer in here waiting to off you like your little sister and That's it was so like gross. what it's really it's fucked up it's in poor taste Patrick Warburton like even if you don't like him hanging around you don't bring Jennifer up somebody's all the time. dead like, sibling come on don't do that it's in don't poor taste that. it's in poor taste um and then my next note is about the fax scene. The fax scene. Oh my god. This, right before the big explosion. It really, really dates itself, does it not? It's so bad. This is worse than but, what are you doing with a cellular telephone, son? Um, did you also notice earlier when Dewey gets a page from No Jennifer? She's like, Oh, Jennifer's paging me. <laughs> no, I did not notice that. I did notice, hey, does anyone have a cell phone I can borrow? Yeah. Like, yeah, Patrick for the Dempsey. First time sure. This time, I was like, oh, okay. I, well, because, like, part of a screen movie is, like, you gotta suspect everyone. Right. Um, and I never put that together until this viewing, because I'm probably never paying attention too much. Because this movie sucks. Because it's just, I watch it for one and four. 
but I can't watch four until I watch two and three. Correct. Um, but so like he asks for Dewey's phone, and then the literal next scene is Sid getting the call from Ghostface. And I had never put two and two together that oh, that's supposed to make me suspect Kincaid. Right. And I'm like, he's just not like, suspicious. Just weird. He's just a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> he just likes being weird. Um, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I really like Jennifer and Gail working together. Same. I think that's really cute. What a dynamic duo. Just because their their energy is just so funny together. And it just works really well. That they both like hate each other, but they're like, who else is going to do it? Correct. And I get it, because it's so funny. I love that they stumble upon Carrie Fisher. It's so good. I also didn't... I mean, I've only seen this movie one time because you made me watch it yes. um but i didn't realize that that was carrie fisher and while i was watching this last night i texted you and was like holy fuck is that carrie fisher yeah and then i jujled it and sure enough that that sure is carrie fisher um, um i love her rest in fucking power space mom we love carrie fisher on this podcast <laughs> For a long time, your phone wallpaper was Carrie Fisher drinking a bottle of wine while she's sitting in a trash can. It's still my lock screen. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, and then I know that we're like just jumping around, but um, for like the final party scene, yes. at stupid John Mellon's house. Fucking stupid. Um, I want to know. It doesn't make sense to me. So Gail finds Roman supposedly dead in the casket. Are you there? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. No, well because no, there's I'm always to like put this all these constant, pieces together. There's always this constant like it sounds like something's rubbing against Ooh. your phone when you talk. Sorry. And so during that couple of seconds it wasn't there and I was very confused. Um but no, so Gail finds Roman in the casket supposedly dead mm-hmm. and she goes to check his pulse and i'm just supposed to believe that he can stop his heart because or, she does she supposedly doesn't feel a pulse or was this was this like a uh like a prop that looks like him do you know what i mean was yeah, this all part would, of his why i don't fucking know i there's no way Maybe she's just really bad at trying to find a pulse. I think that that's really sloppy writing. It is sloppy writing. I think it's really dumb. Absolutely foolish. I and also I think get, it's suspicious. That, well, you should. I also think it's suspicious that there's a party at this director's house and literally we don't, no one is questioning why we don't see the director right away. Like, you're hosting a party, you're supposed to be, like, downstairs hanging out with your guests and shit, you know? Well, because when they confront Milton and his office, he tells Roman, he's like, oh, just go ahead, just tell them not to cut the cake without me. I don't remember that. I must have missed that. Yeah, because then Jennifer goes, oh my god, it's your birthday. Um, The knife hitting Dewey in the head. Stupid. Is so bad. Stupid. Um, and literally could only happen to Dewey. 
That's true. Yeah. Poor if it happened to anyone else, I would be like, that's sloppy writing. But honestly, that would 100% happen to Dewey. Poor Dewey. Um, I also like that Sydney wears the Greek letters. I noticed that too. <laughs> I think it's really sweet. I do too. Caleb's like, I don't understand that. And I was like, well, it's from the second movie. You really apparently were not paying attention at all. So yeah, it's been like six months. <laughs> I mean, I remembered the Greek letters, though. I thought it was cute. Yeah, but you also take notes during these movies. That's true. That's true. You got me there. Um, I love the line. It's your turn to scream, asshole. Who did Sydney say that? Yeah, Sydney says that. Okay, I was like, that sounds like something Sydney would say. <laughs> I also like when Roman's like going on a stupid little rant and his explanation. Uh, Sydney yells, God, just get it over with. I've heard all this before. It, she's, like I said when we were pre recording, after a while, if I were Sydney, I, man, I would have just given up. She's a fighter. She is a fighter. She is an excellent final girl. I would not be a good final girl. <laughs> I feel also like at this point, like you have to keep fighting, right? If you're Sydney Prescott, like I don't know. I feel like I would fight twice as hard. Uh-huh. Not twice as hard as Sydney Prescott. I feel like if I were in her situation, yes. at this point, four different people have tried to kill me. And I've killed them all. I do like that it wasn't Sydney that killed Roman. I think that that was really something. (laughs) Oh, this is a note that I took that I wanted to talk to you about. So, okay. (laughs) um, We've talked about Kincaid and how he's played by Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Um, Did you know? Oh, my God. Patrick Dempsey is also a race car driver. His <laughs> no, car number not. is 27. His first race was in 2014. He has had two wins, and that's what Wikipedia told me. Um, he took 18th, and apparently that's a win. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. That's what Wikipedia told me. God, race car driving stupid. Race car driving is stupid, but also Patrick Dempsey, you're too beautiful to be doing stuff like that. You're gonna you're gonna hurt your beautiful little face. Quit doing that. Patrick Dempsey's weird. I love him. I know you do. It's because I like Grey's Anatomy, I think. Yeah, and I've never seen Grey's Anatomy. I don't think you would like it, to be honest. No, procedural dramas aren't really my thing. I love procedural dramas and I love things that are and that's about it. I like that. so Grey's Anatomy is like ER, but there's a lot more sex. Yeah, and I don't need that from ER. I like <laughs> I like the drama. I like the drama created by people's sex lives. I don't because they that. just it's everyone in this hospital crawling all over each other like they're a box of hamsters. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm into it. <laughs> I find it fascinating. I'm not, also not really into just like doctor shows in any aspect like i think the exceptions are er but that's because my mom loved it so like i've seen it and then scrubs and that's because scrubs is funny scrubs is really funny and Um, i think that's the difference is that i there aren't that many doctor shows that are funny that i can think of besides like doogie hauser and i'm 70 years old well that's (laughs) up for debate how dare you? <laughs> I will show you my ID. 
Oh, I can see the one from here. It's okay. You're old enough to buy alcohol. Oh my god, I saw that. It's hilarious. Bro, Miri was saying that she went somewhere to go buy like a bottle of wine or something. And they straight told her, no, you're good, dude. I can see the one from here. That's hilarious. And I was like, oh my fucking god. I have never felt more ancient than this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I... I don't really have anything else to add um, other than I do really like her, like the very ending scene of this, the very symbolic gate opening, because in the beginning we're shown her like she shuts the gate, she locks it, she sets the alarm code, the code she goes in. into their house, she locks she it, she the sets code the code there. here, which I totally understand. Oh, absolutely. Bro. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but here, it's three more notes. She just kind of. Leaves the gate open. She's like, "Hey, you know what? Fuck it." She goes yeah, in the that house. Really cheesy music plays, and I hate. That. I wasn't even paying attention to the music, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fair enough. She gets in the house. She doesn't set the code. Doesn't really lock the door. She's like, "You know what? Fuck it." There's other people here with me. Like, it's probably gonna be okay. And then the door swings open. She gives the face like, "Yeah, yeah, I could do something about that," but I'm a changed character. And then she turns and walks away. And I think that's very symbolic. It's beautiful. It's very symbolic. It's very nice. I will say that I probably still would have closed the door. Oh, absolutely. Shut the fucking door. Like, Bugs and stuff. Even when you're in the middle of nowhere, like, and they have windows open, I'm assuming. But, like, I don't know, man. There's just something weird to me about just a random door being yes. open when there's, it doesn't need to be. There's bugs and stuff, dude. Shut your door. <laughs> um, I have three more notes. Yes. I think that it's really weird that she holds... Roman's hand while he's supposedly dying. What do you what do you make of that? Because I had kind of something in my mind. I don't know if it's supposed to be she if it's supposed to be like her not like understanding but like oh you're my half brother. (laughs) Right. I don't know. That's kind of how I interpreted it. I'm glad we're on the same but it's, page it's there. it's weird. It is and weird. I don't like it. Same. Because it's not like he's a victim. Correct. He is literally the perpetrator here. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying that Maureen should have shut him, shut him out like or yeah. whatever. Which, that's still her choice. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. You can't go killing people. <laughs> no, you don't get to kill people because mommy rejected you. You go to therapy and like you learn the rest to cope. of us. <laughs> like you just you move on. Or you develop alcoholism. Again, like the rest of us. <laughs> Those are your only two options. Killing people isn't even an option. No, it's not. It shouldn't even um, be on your fucking radar. Yeah, so it's weird that she holds his hand. My next note is the proposal is very cute. I agree. Um, and my very last note is, I think it's really weird that Kincaid is there. It doesn't make sense to me. Do you mean at the very end when they're like at watching the very movies? end in the house? And he's like, oh, we're going to watch, we're just going to start a movie. And she goes, what kind? And he goes, come and see. Or like, it's a surprise or whatever the fuck he says. I think it's super weird. Why are Kincaid you at Sydney's house? Yeah. Where the fuck are you Get at Sydney's house? <laughs> you don't belong here. Nobody. Am I the... supposed to believe that like they're gonna start dating? Like, what the fuck? What am I seeing? I hate it. And that's my last note. <laughs> Do 
Do you feel ready to read it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie two chainsaws. Fair enough. This movie sucked. It was horrible. But I got to see Patrick Dempsey, and I love Nev Campbell. Um, I love that Carrie Fisher was in this. I love Jay and Silent Bob. I liked their cute little appearance. <laughs> I thought that was precious. Oh my god, um, Jay and Silent Bob. I, the, the cast of this movie was great. It was good to see everybody again. But it was also like, man, this movie is stupid and the writing is bad. Yeah. So, two chainsaws. I'm gonna give this movie two and a half chainsaws. Um, I don't think... I wouldn't call this movie good. Because it's just not. It's just not. But I think that, yeah, the cast is good. They're fine. Like, just as good as they've always been. <laughs> They're fine. Even though, like, I hate Gail Weathers the most in this movie. But, like, she's still good. Yes. Um. I also, even though it's dumb, I really like the stupid fax machine. Like scene i think it's dumb as fuck i like that the house explodes and as the house explodes that's when my brain was like don't forget produced by michael bay (laughs) um (laughs) also what else do i like i like parker posey i think she's hilarious in this movie there's good cameos like carrie fisher is a chainsaw by itself oh yeah um yeah, I mean, it's a flawed movie for sure, but... To put it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still going to give it two and a half chainsaws. Because I still think it's funny. <laughs> so that was Scream 3. It sure was. <laughs> you know the drill. Do the thing. Send us an email. Chismosas.and.chainsaws at gmail.com Tell us what to watch. Please. Please. Give Brittany ideas. Give me ideas. I already have my next uh, movie picked out. Which never happens. I know. I think we're still like two ahead because I think I picked one after that. Mm, but I don't remember maybe if I did. If you did, I don't know if I wrote it down. <laughs> no, I think I went in and wrote it down. Okay. But I don't remember if I did or not. We'll find out. I did. Nice. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Give me ideas for what to do after my next pick, because I don't fucking know. Do the thing. (laughs) Bye.